everyone, and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter, that is Tim. We talk about horror movies. It is, of course, October. This is the October Thorn. We are doing a lot of extra episodes. This particular episode is actually kind of special because it's one of our voting episodes. Uh, this was the winner of one of our Patreon votes. We usually have one per month for our patrons at the $5 tier and up. But because it was October, we had a couple last month. Plus, we had a public one. So there's three voting episodes this month. This is the first. This was the winner of the knee-high mischief vote. <laughs> and the winner, as you can see from the title, is Gremlins. Ah. Sorry, ghoulies. Maybe next time. <laughs> and Puppet Master. And Critters. Mm. I was kind of rooting for Critters, I'm not going to lie. It's been a while since I've seen Critters. I like to watch Critters. Uh, actually, I was, uh, I was big on uh, Ghoulies. I've never, I don't think I've ever actually seen them before, so I was hoping for that. But, hey, mm. if you're going to do a movie that uh, I've already seen before, it might as well be a movie like Gremlins. You mean a good movie? Is that, is that what you mean? <laughs> Well, I'm not going to give my opinion away right oh, yet. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> of course not. Uh, so, Gremlins, of course, the classic Joe Dante film in uh, 1984. Set at Christmas, small town. Uh, teenager gets a present from his father. It's a, a mogwai named Gizmo. It's this creature, this fictional creature, who's this furry little friendly guy. But, of course, there are rules. You cannot get him wet. You cannot get him in a harsh light, especially sunlight. Sunlight will kill him. And whatever you do, you mustn't feed them after midnight. But of course, all of those things—well, maybe not the sunlight thing because he's not dead—but all of those things <laughs> do. All the other things do happen, and the he duplicates, and then once they get, once they, they eat after midnight, they become monstrous, and we get the gremlins of the the titular characters that wreak chaos. Funnily enough, we have uh, very similar rules for Pete <laughs> here at Mild Fuzz. <laughs> I eat all the time after midnight. Are you saying that I could become really nasty after I've eaten it after midnight? Is that what you're saying? Uh, you're not living your best life at that point. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, we're going to talk about Gremlins, uh, of course. Uh, I'll just give the spoiler warning just now. I feel like it's Gremlins. If, if you've not seen yeah. this, what are you doing with your life? Go watch Gremlins. Uh, but yeah, so full spoilers for Gremlins. So, I'll guess this. Quite obviously, we've seen this before. Tim, do, do you enjoy yep. Gremlins? Oh, of course. When I, I'm, I'm not a monster. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. Um, and I, I was a little worried because it's been a while since I've seen it, but uh, so I wasn't sure how well it'd hold up. But uh, I thought it hold up uh, pretty darn good. It's been a while since I've seen it as well. Actually, I, I think honestly, I feel like just most movies that I've seen before, unless it's something that was new, it's been a while since I've seen. Just because. I have less time to rewatch movies now, <laughs> so exactly, I, I yeah. just don't do it as much. Uh, there was lots of little things I'd forgotten uh, about the movie, but I, obviously the overall thing I'd, I'd remembered really well. And, now it's good fun. Gizmo's a, a lovely little character. You, your yeah. heart swells for him, and the you know the little music that plays for him that he also sings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's quality stuff. Yeah, In fact, uh, not, not only does he sing his little theme, the actual gremlins themselves sing their main theme as well <laughs> later on in the movie. There's a lot of singing their own main themes. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's, you know, super cute, and uh, he's a cool guy to root for. And then, um, you know, I, I was wondering if some people might scoff a little bit and be like, like oh, what are they, what are they doing this kid's movie on the, this horror podcast? But, uh, you know, rewatching it, there's definitely um, 
you know, it, well, it's not a super gory R-rated, yeah. you know. But I, I would like to remember, this is one of the things that I've... Now, I'd remembered the famous story that Phoebe Cates was in the movie. She's the love interest. She tells a story about her father dying at Christmas <laughs> as a kid when, when he, he tried to go down the chimney as Santa Claus and he fell and broke his neck. And she's hated Christmas ever since. Everyone remembers that story. Everyone, everyone remembers that dark story and how it's like super disturbing for kids if they watch this movie. Which, again, tells you that it really is a PG-13. Like, it is something that's for someone a little older. But the, what I'd forgotten, though, Tim, was earlier on in the movie when Zach's walking her home, Zach's our main character, he walks her home and he, they're just talking about, oh, you do you not like Christmas? He's like, well, you know, the suicide rate's higher than the, <laughs> you know any other time of year. Some people are opening presents, but others are opening their wrists. And I'm like, Jesus, I did not remember that line of dialogue. It's so yeah. dark. Yeah, there's, there's stuff like that. Um, people legit die in the Pe- movie. People do legit die. Uh, um, I had also forgotten how evil the, like, the evil rich lady was who comes to the bank. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, actually wants to kill his dog. I will kill that dog slowly. <laughs> now, uh, I always forget, but isn't this one of those movies that people credit as being one of the reasons why there's a PG-13 rating? Uh, I think Temple of Doom's the, the main one. I mean, this was soon after. This was like a, maybe a year after, I think. Uh, maybe it was okay. the same year, I don't know. But it was definitely around this time. It was the early 80s where the PG-13 became a thing. Because before that, it was it was either G-rated or R-rated, and there was, you know, that's, that's a big gap. <laughs> need something in the middle there. Yeah. Because, yeah, I, I feel like... Um... Yeah, there's not a lot of gore and stuff, but there is a lot of dark stuff uh, in it, and it is definitely a, um, you know, I I wouldn't say you couldn't watch it with your family or anything, but uh, I'd still call this a horror movie. You know, if you want to label it horror comedy or something like that, sure, maybe. Honestly, it plays more like a horror movie for the majority. It it veers a bit into comedy with some of the antics of the the gremlins when we get that. There's a big sort of montage once they all kind of, like, pop out of them doing various (laughs) things, and that gets a bit more comedic. Uh, But, you know, a lot of the movie does play very much like a horror film. It sets up the characters, it sets up the threat, it builds to it. Uh, it's kind of like a just a monster movie, I guess, in that respect, where it kind of like teases it, and then eventually they kind of start to like pop up. And there's another little thing I'd forgotten about this movie, actually, or maybe I just never noticed this. But so his his dad, that dad character, is like a, he's an inventor. Yeah. And it's all these goofy inventions. It's like you know something that juices the oranges for you. Uh, the bathroom buddy he brings up a lot. There's like a hammer that sort of has a motor, so it you know just does its thing itself. Yeah. Doesn't you don't have to actually swing it. Uh, and all these sort of things. Um, he's at a convention for most of the movie. Like, you know, he brings the, the present at the start of the movie, then he goes off to a convention. At one point, he phones home. He phones, uh, I think, his wife, or maybe Zach. And he's at this this phone, and behind him you see like these other inventions. And there's a lot of weird Easter eggs in this scene. Like, oh, the robot yeah. from Forbidden Planet walks past, and then the first time we're looking <laughs> at him, you see the time machine from H.G. Wells' time machine <laughs> in the background. And then it cuts back to whoever he's talking to on the phone, and then when it cuts back to him, the time machine's not there, and people are like, looking all panicked, like, oh, what just happened? And it's all in the background. I never... No- yeah. oh, maybe I didn't notice it, but like I'd forgotten about it, but I, I really didn't yeah. remember this. And I was laughing so hard. Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, as a kid, I, I would not have gotten that at all. And even as, like, you know, maybe rewatching as a, a teenager, I might have known that, like, oh, that looks familiar. That's probably from somewhere, but I might have not seen it yet or known exactly where. Uh, but, yeah, there, there's a lot of nice little, like, gags like that. And then, um, yeah, it, it's a uh, – there's some, like I, – I think Joe Dante is a very – 
like cartoony kind of guy. Like he likes, you know, like Looney Tunes and those kind of antics. And you can see that in like a, I feel like a lot of his stuff. Um, yeah. And of course, and because like, it's a Joe Dante movie, Dick Miller's in it because Dick Miller's in every Joe Dante yeah. movie. He plays <laughs> the, uh, the guy who, the, the neighbor who's this friendly older guy who's really nice. Although he has this weird fear of foreign products. He keeps, <laughs> he keeps saying, oh, there's, the word gremlins actually comes up because he thinks there's gremlins in the foreign vehicles. He's like, oh, there's foreign gremlins in my car. <laughs> and you know, at one point when the gremlins are messing about with his, his antenna, his aerial, for the for his TV, and the only child he can get is a foreign movie. And he's like, oh, foreign. <laughs> he, he walks out <laughs> to fix it. Uh, so a really fun little sort of running gag with him. Yeah. But uh, it's funny actually because he he has a much bigger role in Gremlins too, uh, just from yeah. memory. Spells have seen it, but I, I like I was surprised uh, how quickly he was gone in this one. But uh, oh yeah, not that he dies. Obviously, he's in Gremlins too. But yeah, unlike Mrs. Okay. Beagle who uh, gets thrown out of a window Strong. because because the gremlins tinker with electrics you know the the, the stair in the chair the, the, you know the, the, the stair chair that's not the name of it but that's yeah. what I'm calling it sure, yeah. the, the electric chair that goes up and down the stairs like they tinker with that to put it they basically give it like, the old Fast and the Furious Nitros kind of boost <laughs> and she goes flying out the window which again if, if you if you weren't thinking Looney Tunes at that point like, that's where yeah. it kicks in that's where you're really getting to yeah because I I don't think there's anything that they could legitimately do to speed up a vehicle that much. Uh, no, but no. Of, of course, you know it, it works out uh, very well in the movie, and uh, it's pretty funny, even though it is an old lady dying. Uh, She's so awful. A... Earlier on, like someone saying, "Oh, our rent's going to be two weeks late, but we've we've got new jobs. We can tell you when we're going to pay you because that's when we get paid. We get paid in this date. Give us two weeks." And she's like, no, I'm not running some sort of deadbeat service. It's like, yeah. And it's like, but it's Christmas. Well, now you know what to ask for Santa for, don't you? And then you hear the kids go, Mom, we're hungry. And she's like, yeah, me too, sweetie. And they're like, this woman is awful. <laughs> My God, she, she's just the worst. And it, it's kind of a It's a Wonderful Life reference, which finally enough, they are watching at one point in the, in the movie. You see it on TV. Uh, you also see the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which me and Cara did in 1.21 in Flux a few, well, about a month ago now, I think. But uh, it was just, it was funny, like, oh, I recognise those clips from that movie now, because I've seen it a few times at this point. Whereas maybe the last time I watched this, I probably hadn't seen it. That's cool. Um, the the one thing I think is kind of funny rewatching the movie is just how, I guess I'd say, uh, casual people are uh, when they see Gizmo. Like, there's a lot of, like, people get excited, like, they're like, oh, wow, hey, that's really cool, that's really neat, but no one's ever like, what the hell is this creature? Like, I've not, like, no, I've never seen anything like this before. It's because um, it's too cute. That's, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, but I, I feel like you'd still be like, where the hell did this come from? Like, why is this not in, like, science books and stuff? Yeah, I mean, but, Even uh, if, like, if I went over someone's house and they had, like, a pet monkey, like, even that, I know what a monkey is, but I'd still freak out and be like, "Where the hell did that come from?" Like, <laughs> a monkey. Uh, <laughs> as Corey Feld, uh, Corey Feldman's in this. He he's the little kid yeah. that comes over. Funny enough, he was in this the same year as uh, Friday the Thirteenth Four. This was the same year. Huh? Oh, uh, cool. He was in both Gremlins and, and a Friday the Thirteenth <laughs> movie. And that, that was kind of his entry into yeah. into Hollywood. Uh, wow. 
Yeah, I feel like if you're going to pick... I mean, the, the thing that everyone picks apart with Gremlins is the, the feeding after midnight rule. Everyone oh, yeah. likes to like throw shade towards that because... But it's past midnight, every, like some place in the world at all times, basically. Yeah. Like, you know, when's the cutoff? Is it like, you know, once it's 6am, we're back to, you know, before midnight? Like, you know, when does it become before midnight again? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. You know, so it's like, yeah... Look, don't take it too seriously. It's fine. It's okay. Which there's even a yeah. joke in the second movie about that. Like someone cracks that joke, oh, and yeah. you can tell it's there because even though the internet didn't exist yet, I just imagine Joe Dante constantly <laughs> got that question. Yeah, but what about you know if, if they move to a different time zone, like you know if yeah. you're on a flight or something? Like what? What about then? Like yeah. everyone always brings, just have fun. <laughs> Yeah, it, honestly, if I was going to be super nitpicky about it or something, I would probably just chalk it up to they have some kind of like internal bot clock that kind of, you know, is registered with the, you know, the time zone yeah. they're in or their sleeping habits or something. Like, I think there's, it's not completely unreasonable to be like, this doesn't make sense at all. Like, I feel like you can, you know, uh, attribute something to it. Or, or maybe it's more to do with the position of the sun depending where they are. Sure, yeah, yeah. And that that would always kind of make it work. Because, you know, obviously noon's always midday, then that's the opposite, that's midnight. So there's a, you know, there's a point of where the sun is. Uh, yeah. maybe, maybe, it's that, maybe it's that simple. Maybe it's just the sun is completely not visible at all at this time. Yeah. And because of that, that's why it's, I don't know. There you go. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd easily buy that. We fixed but, it. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> it only took, you know, 30-something years, but we fixed it. It's fine. But, uh, yeah, like you, you know, always say, um, well, I mean, both of us, you know, we enjoy uh, a good set of rules. Um, and uh, so it is cool that you have this uh, inherent creature that has a very specific, you know, um, set of rules that they have to follow. And then uh, it makes for some, of course, as soon as you hear the rules, you're kind of expecting That's it. it's, it's what's going to happen when they break them. But... To, to go back to your, your point, though, about no one reacting to Gizmo, I actually, I, th- I think I have a bigger problem with no one reacting to the idea that there's these rules. Like, yeah, the sunlight one's true. okay, because it's okay, it, maybe he's sensitive to light, alright? Yeah. Okay, and maybe he can't drink because he's sensitive to water. But the feeding after midnight's the one where it's like, but why? What difference does it make? Yeah. Like, you know, people would question that, you feel like. Uh, and no one ever does. No one uh, does, but... Uh, anyway, um, so other... other. I always forget Judge Reinhold's in this. Oh, yeah. Because he's got such a small role. He's just a douchebag who also works at the bank, which is where both Phoebe Cates and uh, Zach work. Um, and they have a really sweet relationship. They kind of clearly like each other. That's a small-town romance kind of thing going for it. Uh, I love how Christmassy the movie is. Uh, in fact, I, I associate the song that plays over the, the titles uh, with Gremlins. You know, Christmas, na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-
Yeah, you kind of start to like get a sense of who's who to an extent because some of them have got costumes. Obviously, Stripe's the leader. He's got sort of mohawk. Uh, so yeah. you always recognise him. Uh, and what's funny is I'd actually completely forgotten that. Uh, so so the gremlins like obviously accidentally gets them wet. That makes them duplicate. And they're all furry, but they're, they're little assholes. And then they <laughs> trick him into feeding them after midnight. He gets the big plate of chicken, uh, and they all cocoon and then become the you know the monstrous little versions. And uh, I'd actually completely forgotten that they actually kill all of them except Stripe. You know, early yeah. in the movie, like you know, it's like. There's a whole scene where the mother, Zach's mother, is going through the house, and it's just, you know, this is where it's a proper horror movie. She's like going around the house, and like they're popping out of places, and she puts one in the <laughs> microwave, and that pops, and there's one in the tree, and there's all this stuff going on, and there's all this fighting. Uh, but they actually take care of all of them except Stripe. Stripe's the only one left standing. But Stripe's smart enough, he goes to a swimming pool, and he jumps in the swimming pool, and so like there's just all this smoke's coming out. It's like, oh shit, there's going to be thousands of these things. Uh, and that's when he runs to the police, which, by the way, the deputy, I don't know if you recognised who that was. Oh, I did, yeah. Yeah, because from, uh, I, I think the last time I saw this was probably before I knew who this was, but this was this was Mike from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. And I'm like, holy crap, looks, he had hair. There was yeah, a time like when so, he had hair. <laughs> yeah, it looks like so strange seeing him like, younger. With, well, not even that he looks that much younger, it's just with hair, it's like, totally different. Yeah, he's, I would say he's middle-aged in this, because you know, in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, he's, he's an older guy, he's like in his 60s at least, I think. Yeah. You know, He's, he's, yeah, he's in that yeah. kind of age range. Uh, so here he's like, I don't know. I mean, he's probably he's probably just he's probably still in his late thirties here, but he, he still looks kind of. I, I don't think he ever looked young. I think as soon as he yeah. hit like fifteen, he just started to look kind of chiseled. He has that. Yeah. He's, he's that. There's that. Um, oh, who am I thinking of? But there's some actors where they look forty as soon as they hit like twenty, and because of that, when they actually hit to like fifteen, you're like, man, they've not looked. They, they look great for their age because they're not aged at all in the last thirty yeah. years. But <laughs> it's a kind of a trick because they've just always looked old. Oh yeah. He has that kind it. of thing going for him. What do you want, cat? Right, come. <laughs> do, do continue. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, try, and one thing that um, yeah, you know, I was thinking about when we were talking about the mom going around and is uh, taking out the gremlins. Um, it does seem like a little bit of a missed opportunity where you have this great setup with the dad who has all these you know, crazy inventions that never really seem to work and they're kind of dangerous. And she uses, like, the one, the juicer kind of thing mm. um, with the gremlin. But you think uh, they would have had some opportunity there to, you know, have some really uh, crazy gadgets or something that they could have used uh, on some of the other ones. Yeah, they kind of went that route. I I, uh, I really thought... It's, it's one of these things where I'm just so used to that being this weird subplot in the movie where there's all these stupid yeah. inventions that... He's trying to like flog off on people, and no, no one ever does. Uh, I actually think it's watching it again. It's actually kind of a weird that he has this opening and closing narration, but he doesn't like. It's kind of weird because he's, he's such a minor character overall. Like he gets he gets Gizmo sure and he gives it to Zach, but he's kind of absent for most of the movie. It's kind of weird yeah. that he has the the narration at the start and the end. I always forget about that. Uh, and I always like I like at the start. He's like I was looking for the perfect gift for my son, and like so that's this little kid like led him to his grandfather's shop, and he, he found you know it's like this back alley thing. And I'm like, what are you looking for? Like, get him a video game or something. Like, oh yeah, you know this is you're going to the extreme lens here. Um, but no, it, yeah. it makes for a fun movie. Uh, obviously, I think we just mentioned before that we're big Joe Dante fans. Um, yeah, and it is kind of weird too that the dad like. I mean, basically kidnaps him. Like, he, you know, doesn't, like, uh, the guy doesn't want to sell. Well, you know, yeah, it's more the kid that's doing the wrong thing. I mean, True, as yeah. much as the dad should say, look, 
the adult said no, I should not take him. Yeah, it's the kids who's like, no, no, I'll sell, I'll, I'll sell them to you. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it is what it is. Uh, no, I, I love the, like I say, I love the small town Christmas vibe in the town. Uh, it's really good stuff, and it, it makes for some fun setting later on when they're you know dangling from Christmas lights and yeah. uh, doing all sorts of things. Uh, and obviously, it's left to Zach and Phoebe Cates to to deal with the the situation. They sort of team up later on and. Again, I'd kind of forgotten that they actually blow up a building. To, to <laughs> it's one of these things when you're watching it when you're younger, you never really think, "Oh, there's going to be consequences of that." But I'm like, yeah. "How did they like explain this to other people that they blew up the the, the movie theater?" Yeah, and uh, if I remember from the second movie, because again, you know, it's been a while since I've mm-hmm. seen it, but um, you know, like we said, Dick Miller's character returns, and I think. There's, it's a whole thing in the second movie where he's talking about the gremlins and everyone thinks he's crazy. Like, oh, yeah, you saw gremlins. Oh, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, mm. oh, does that mean, like, no one, like, lived, uh, that, like, no one that saw them, like, lived yeah, or was uh, able to tell about them? So or... outside the family and him, like, everyone who encountered them died. Yeah. <laughs> so is, that what, is that what they're saying? Well, I mean, I get... the school teacher did die. Uh, <laughs> you know, the rich lady died. The cops, I guess they died. Like, we never really. Maybe, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I guess, but that's the thing. Like, they go to the bank and it's like a, it's a wreck, and then they go back outside, and it's it's like a, a post-apocalyptic movie almost for a little yeah. bit. You see, cars are on fire, and it's like, yeah, like you know, the town's been taken over. I'm like, what? No one witnessed this. But then again, maybe like people in the town believe them. But the whole thing in the second movie is they're in the city. They're in the you know the big tower in the city. And it's kind of like all these city folk are like, yeah, shut up. You're just some small town wacko, like, kind of thing. So, yeah, I guess it kind of works. Yeah. I, I just wonder, sense. though, then if, like, yeah, if it is a thing where people don't want to talk about it, or then how, yeah, do they explain all of the damage and everything the next day? Yeah, I, I think um, it's weird that Corey Feldman never really does much in the later parts of the movie it kind of disappears yeah. from it it's, 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 that's a little bit odd uh, I'm just sort of noticing that this time he never really comes they, into play yeah I, I, I don't know they, they seem to have like a weird uh, relationship like this much much older man friends with this like little kid and to the point where they're just like hanging out and he's like changing in front of them I was like ah this doesn't really feel right do you know what it actually feels completely innocent it's just that times have changed it, and yeah, we, like, we look at it with a different eye. There's nothing actually weird going on. It's just yeah, yeah. You you kind of it's like yeah with the like current day lens. If you are a I don't know what is he like ten or something like ten year old kid being like hey I'm gonna go hang out with uh, my friend the twenty uh, two year old banker. Your parents <laughs> would be like whoa whoa hold I, the. I, I think pr- probably what it's more likely to be is that his parents are friends with each other and they just kind of grew up together. So, you know, he was always kind of like the older brother, maybe. All right, yeah. You know, you know, I think a lot of people have that kind of relationship with someone where even though you would never, like, you know, an 8-year-old would never be a friend with a 15-year-old, but if you kind of have that family-esque relationship, you kind of end up being that way. Yeah. Uh, and plus, to be fair, he's a, an aspiring comic artist, so he's, he's got a kind of a cool uh, appeal to uh, young kids. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I, I, I think it it kind of works, though. Like like you said, there's a small town vibe, and we, we are introduced to a lot of characters that, yeah, seemingly kind of disappear throughout 
much of the movie, but... They're basically yeah. there to be, like, either messed with or killed during the big montage of the gremlins doing all their stuff yeah. around town. But uh, I feel like it works in this case, like, since it is uh, doing kind of like a, you know, oh, like, here's what's going on in the rest of the town, and since you have that kind of, you know, small town vibe, uh, it, it, uh, it, it, it sure it's a strange that it's like, oh, I'm surprised we didn't see more of that character, yeah. but so, uh, I also are- get it. Because some of them are really com- like complex like scenes, and some of them are really simple. Like the guy early on who kind of sticks up for the rich lady, uh, he he's putting like a letter in the mailbox, oh, yeah. uh, and there's just a gremlin in the mailbox grabbing his <laughs> hand. It's really simple, but that that's you know <laughs> we know who he is. There's a little bit of context we have. So everyone that something happens to, like we've seen them before, at least in a, even in a small way, we've seen them before, and it's like it doesn't just feel like a random person because of that. So it's, yeah. you know, there's, there's a purpose to it. There's a, there's a rhyme and a reason, in it, and it does work. Uh, but no, it's it's it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so the whole climax of the movie. There's something they do a lot more with this in the second one, but they play with this idea that Gizmo was watching a movie with a race, you know, a race car in it, and mm-hmm. he ends up doing something like that in the final to like help save the day. He he gets a toy car and he drives it around because the the whole ending they blow up the the, the theater. It kills all the gremlins who are in there watching Snow White, and they're all singing their do 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 do. Like at one point, they're actually singing their their theme, which like Gizmo was earlier. Uh, but Stripe went away to get some snacks, so so Stripe survived. He goes into a convenience store. Uh, the, the characters chase him in, and it becomes kind of a hunt. It, 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 it's kind of funny. It, it turned into a comedy for a bit, and then this last scene turns more into a horror movie again, where they're stalking the aisles of this this store, trying to find them. And he's and there's a great moment where. There's a Sylvester and a Bugs Bunny and a little E.T. doll uh, <laughs> or plushies and, like, Stripe is hiding behind them. You can see him, like, coming through the, the little plushy things. And uh, so, you know, he plays with that kind of stuff and uh, it ends with him trying to get wet again, as weird as that sounds. He finds a, a fountain and he's going for it and but everyone, you know, steps in to stop him and whatnot. And it's uh, it's cool to see, like, um, you know, uh, the, the, the main character, you know, Billy, he, he's a... You know him and uh, uh, Phoebe Cates' character. Uh, I've been calling him know, Zach. That's the actor's name. I apologize. Zach. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, like, they're they're perfectly fine. But um, I I love seeing like Gizmo kind of stand up for himself and fight back, especially because you, you know you see um, once the other Mogwais pop out, they kind of they're very mean and bully him and, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they, they tie then, him to a dartboard and try and hit him with darts. Yeah, <laughs> they're awful <laughs> but, to and, him. And, and like uh, yeah, he does get really badass on the second one uh, as well. And then uh, this one, it's cool that he uh, yeah, he's he's the hero. He's, he ends up saving the day. Uh, yeah, he, really he nice. basically just he, he pulls down like the, the you know it's morning by this point. He pulls down the shutters yeah, and the sure. sunlight kills Stripe. Uh, yeah, and, and, uh, melts and like a very gruesome like he's like full on melting like uh, yeah, you know, almost like reminiscent of like a uh, good practical effects. Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah. The, I mean, we should probably see that for the whole movie. Like Gizmo, all the Gremlins, like all of it looks great. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah really, really good stuff. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, it, it almost looks like something like a like T two or like a the like you know Chucky or something when they're just kind of down to this like bare bones skeletal. Well, you see that thing. when he pops out. There's a little jump scare as he pops out the fountain yeah. and he's just a skeleton. And he's just lying there. He's, you see the skull of a Mogwai, and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> it's, it's just it's just a cool visual and I, I think yeah we really can't oversell how good the animatronics are and the, the, puppet, the puppeteering and you know however they pulled it off with all the different gremlins and stuff uh, yeah. 
And I, I like how they look, actually. I like uh, how slimy they look, you know, when they actually turn into the gremlins. And yeah. They've got a cool look to them. Uh, and I'm, I'm delighted that I think they're working on a new movie. And, well, it actually ever happens, but I do remember someone said that they would be animatronics. They wouldn't be just doing them oh, CG. Nice. Which is, I think, what everyone was worried about if they were going to yeah. do... I mean, I don't know if we need another gremlins movie, but if, you know, if we're going to have one, that's the way to do it. Don't... Sure, yeah. Don't CG it. I mean, you can augment it a bit with CG. If you want to have one of them do something crazy at one point, sure, but, like, they, they should typically be animatronics, like they, they were. Yeah, uh, I'd be a little worried about a third one. Um, I mean, if it is Joe Dante involved and it is animatronic, um, that would definitely alleviate my fears uh, yeah, I believe a good it, bit. I believe it is a, it's a sort of soft reboot. It's, like, set in the world, but it's... Okay. At least the last time I heard about it, I mean, it's been kind of, like, yeah. going around for a while, but... Yeah, that's that's the the gist of what the plan is. I will say one of the things I do like. Uh, I like how different the two movies are. Like the second oh, yeah. movie would arguably not be suitable for this show because it's less of a horror movie, but it is like I like what it does. It's, it's kind of like okay, Dante didn't just want to do the same thing again. Like Gremlins was successful, but I'm just going to do the same movie. I want to do something else, and he he did this like sort of more satirical, wacky. It it's like movie. a it's kind of like a like a meta commentary on sequels in yeah. general, uh, which yeah, makes it really fun. And everything is like amped up to like the craziest degree. And it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I really like that movie. Uh, yeah, it, it is definitely, definitely, you know, steers far away from, you know, the horror aspects, but it is a ton of fun. And it's funny. I think actually that back when it came out, I think Rowlands two is, was mostly disliked because it was so different. And, I think over the years a lot more of appreciation has gained for it and uh, you know for us who just kind of grew up with both of them being a thing uh, we just thought that was always what Gremlins 2 was there wasn't this weird expectation but you you forget that there was like seven years between them like there would have been like people excited for it and (laughs) doing like oh what's this weird movie with with you know John Glover Hulk Hogan and Christopher Lee all having (laughs) cameos and whatnot. like you know yeah I mean it's it's super jarring if uh you know, if you're like a gremlins purist, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot more people have uh, come to appreciate it later, okay. later years. I think that's legitimately, it's become more of a 50-50 thing where different people prefer different, you know, ones out of the two of them. Where you're like, oh, you're either a gremlins two person or a gremlins one person. I'd have to rewatch two to answer it myself. I'm not actually sure yeah. at this point in time. I, I like both I movies. Mean, yeah, I'd say I like them both. Uh, I mean, maybe it might depend on the mood I am, uh, and depending on which one I watch. Um, Gremlins is definitely a uh, it, it's a nice uh, holiday watch, I would say. Oh yes, this uh, is. So what strikes me odd about this, I remember uh, it may have even been Matt actually, you know, our fellow male fuzzer who does the one point twenty one gigawatts in the comics podcast. He, I, I remember, I think when we first started talking about Christmas movies once, you know, when we, you know. Back, it was the first Christmas we'd sort of, you know, talked about them together. And I remember, like, I, th- I think it was him who gave me shit. It was like, Gremlins, that's not that Christmassy. And I'm like, <laughs> when did you I'm watch it last? <laughs> it's so good. It's such a Christmas movie. There, there's people who think because it has some horror twist to it that uh, that it's not really a Christmas Like, you know, like, people argue Die Hard's not a Christmas movie because it's an action movie. And I'm like, no, it's still a Christmas movie. Come on now. Yeah. But, like it is a magical story of one man saving saving a, his wife and an entire <laughs> boatload of hostages, in a, in a high rise. He's a superhero. Ho ho ho! Yeah. I've got a machine gun. You don't get more Christmassy than Die Hard. Thank you very much. 
I mean, the whole movie like hinges on a father getting his son a Christmas present. <laughs> That's true. I mean, for for me, it's just like you're in a snowy town. There's Christmas decorations everywhere. Christmas music is worked into the soundtrack. Uh, yeah. Like everyone's talking about Christmas. <laughs> like it's just for it doesn't have to have some message about Christmas to be a Christmas movie. Amy is really what I'm saying. Yeah, like Santa doesn't have to show up at. Yeah. some point to... <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be it's a wonderful life where it's you know about someone learning something good it can it can just be about setting it at christmas that's okay to me uh, so, but you know well, thank god because if it wasn't for this and silent night deadly night and black christmas i'd have nothing to watch around christmas time <laughs> well you don't like die hard die hard's all right you don't like home alone home alone's all right <laughs> Is that, does this fall into the Goonies category of, oh, it's just a bunch of kids screaming for you? No, I like Home Alone. Home Alone's fine. Okay, I'm just, and by the way, for the record, I'm poking fun at Tim because <laughs> that's his opinion of Goonies. It is not my opinion of the Goonies. I love the Goonies. The Goonies is a fantastic film. Sure. <laughs> yeah, sure, you got that mouth, Tim. You're the worst. <laughs> you're, you're a cesspool. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, um,. It, it's kind of oddly, like a, a little hard to talk about. Uh, I often I, find I this with see, see these see these bigger or these classic movies that are so big that I've seen so much since I was a kid. It's it's almost yeah. more difficult to talk about them because like all of it's like it's hard to have fresh ideas and fresh takes on it and fresh. Oh, this is what the movie's really about. I'm like, well, people have been talking about this for years. Um, yeah, it's kind of like I mean, what else is there to say other than like, oh, like. That that one scene is cool, or oh man, I can't believe that one scene. Like, well, you know, it's, uh, I mean, there's lots of things. It's like, why does it work? Like, well, you know, we've talked about the animatronics, talked about the, the characters being kind of fun and likable. Uh, we talked about the humor being really good. Like, you have all these elements that make it what it is. There's a reason why it's loved and why it's been loved for so long. And like, you know, so so why is it loved? And that, we've touched on a lot of it, uh, but you know, that, that, that's that's the core of the conversation. I think why 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 does this hold up all these years later? Uh, I, I will say, as I was watching it, I was kind of like it made me a little depressed that movies don't get made like this anymore. True. Yeah. I feel. I feel like these days, whenever someone tries to make just a fun movie, and I'm using air quotes there, uh, it basically it, it's just an excuse for stupidity. Whereas this is a good fun movie that's not stupid. Yeah. And it has likable, you know, it's like it's just stuff's there for fun, like the dog jumping out over the the bank counter to attack the evil lady. Like, <laughs> typically, if a movie tries to do that now, it just comes off feeling kind of. It's like, and I don't know if it's just the era, you know, the, where you, like, it's just isn't appropriate anymore. But I feel like you ca- you should be able to make a fun movie. There's a few directors who I can still get it from, but for the most part, you're either really serious and gritty, or you're a superhero movie. But no one's making anything like Gremlins. No one's making anything like. Uh, I don't know, like the Goonies. Like, what was the last like time? Like E.T. or um, uh, those, sure, those kind of like. And sure, like maybe it's the closest we've had to the Goonies in quite some time, <laughs> but whatever. True. I feel like yeah, if you do get something like a, you know, movie that's aimed at, at a younger audience, it's either like super super young and kiddie, or it's like trying too hard to also appeal to adults. So there's tons of pop you know uh like references and like you know jokes for like adults too and stuff and it's like uh yeah you don't really get any kind of like these timeless um oh just fun movies because they're 
you know interesting and good and not relying on you know making fun of like some recent fad or having some you know a popular song pop up out of nowhere yeah obviously some christmas movies pop up and some christmas stuff does but it's Mm. not yeah it doesn't rely on anything else to be what it is it just is it Mm. Uh, like I said, there was some like Warner Brothers like toys and stuff uh, in the toy store, but it, it it never feels like it's reliant. It's just that's just stuff yeah. in the background. It's not like uh, it's not it's not relying on that to make its point. All all the stuff it does to be funny or whatever, it it's all on its own. It all works, you know. Uh, but as well, actually, the first time you really see the Gremlins like in action, I really I think it may even be the first time the theme really kicks in. It's when uh, Dick Miller's character, the neighbor, like he goes out to check the aerial and they come out out of the, the garage and his big like tractor thing, his big snow plow and it's like the music starts kicking off and it's just this crazy thing where they actually ride through the house and it just it sets this big, this this bar really high for okay this is this is the crazy world we're getting now, this is the crazy you can expect uh, and it has atmosphere like I say it has that small town atmosphere and then it has that things have gone wrong in the small town atmosphere yeah. and that's and yeah, and in the, just to go a little more in depth uh, with the th- the Gremlins theme itself, uh, it's it's so perfect. Like uh, it perfectly fits the you know uh, aesthetic of the movie and these creatures, where it's like this really weird kind of like jagged like song. Yeah, and, like and it, it, it's not something you really hear often. And it contrasts really nicely with Gizmos because Gizmos seems that really sort of melodic and sort of uh, almost. It's uh, like soothing. Dream like yeah, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I know, that's not quite the trend, but like, it's, it's oh, that yeah. very sort of sound to it. And then Grail's like, na 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 It almost sounds like you know you could see someone playing Gizmo's theme is just like a very fluid, you know, piano thing, and then the Gremlin scene would be like someone just kind of like banging on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like one. It's just this, like, like just like, so going back and forth with that, and then the the other ones like just you know. Like you can, just, you can almost see like that. You know that thing Stevie Wonder sometimes does, where he's like playing the piano, he's like, like his, his head's going back like that. You can oh, almost yeah. see someone banging on the piano, so just, like, nah, 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 nah. just head banging as they're playing it. Uh, but uh, this is it's good stuff. Uh, so no, I mean, Gremlins is a movie from my childhood. It's a movie that I watched growing up, uh, both this and the second one. Uh, it's one of those things that's just sort of been with me my entire life. Uh, I do love Joe Dante, and as much as this might be one of the first Joe Dante movies I've seen, it's not my favourite. I do have others that I rank higher than the Gremlins movies. Um, okay. My favourite Joe Dante movie is actually Explorers, which is purely a personal sort of attachment thing, because, I again, I, I watched that growing up and I loved it. For me, that's like side by side with The Goonies, even though The Goonies is the better movie. But I love Explorers. Yeah, uh, I, I've heard good things about that. I've never actually uh, seen it though. And obviously, the Burbs is great. Burbs is probably one we'll do on here at some point because Burbs is uh, uh, fits into the horror category, and uh, Corey Feldman's in that. So clearly, <laughs> Corey Feldman and Dante are like working together because he, he popped back up. Uh, so you know, uh, but no, uh, I, I guess that's Gremlins. Yeah, <laughs> that's Gremlins, baby. Uh, Tim, what would you rate Gremlins out of ten? Uh, I think I'm gonna give it. I mean, it's definitely gonna be high. I I think I'll, I'll settle with an eight point five. I was thinking like, should I go as high as a nine? But um, uh, I'm gonna stick with an eight point five for right now. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with a straight eight. 
Uh, I, I mean, obviously, I, I love the movie, uh, but I, I do think it has some problems. Like, I, I didn't really go into it too much, but uh, we mentioned some characters kind of disappearing. I do think there's a weird structure thing in the movie where uh, it kind of, like, once it, we get to the Gremlins and their big montage, it kind of forgets about our main characters for, like, a good oh, yeah. <laughs> 20 minutes, and it's just Gremlin antics constantly for a while. And then it shifts back to the main characters, and it just it kind of flips like it feels like it flip flops a little bit in terms of what it's focusing on. Uh, I, and because of that, I feel like I always remember the first half of the movie way better than the second half because the second half has, has such a weird structure to it, uh, at least for me. But uh, it's not a huge deal. But there are there are things you can nitpick and criticize if you want to go down that route. But ultimately, doesn't yeah. matter that much because it's a fun movie. But oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so straight, straight eight out of ten for me. But uh, which is great. Like you know, if I'm if I'm labeling words to like describe each number, eight is great. Yeah. So uh, no, Gremlins is obviously fantastic. So that that one, one of our our, our votes for the month. Uh, you can expect the next two over the next few weeks. Um, of course, let us know what you think of Gremlins in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on Twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash mailedfuzztv. You can do that over there. Like you say, $5 and up gets you voting rights on the, the monthly votes and some of this fun stuff as well. Uh, so, uh, Also, we have an audio feed now for Screams After Midnight, which is now up to date, mm. at least for the movies from this year. I've not put anything pre-2017 on there yet, and I'll probably sort of put some of them, I'll sprinkle them in over time but everything from 2017 is up there now, uh, including the, the first of the October Thon movies if you if you want to get the episodes that way uh, yes. but uh, regardless of where you get them, give us likes and you know five star ratings and whatever it is whatever you're uh, experiencing, it, it, all of it helps, uh, like I say check out the Patreon and stuff um, so yeah, we're doing a lot of episodes, at least four episodes a week and you can also expect some other bonus videos coming up over the next few weeks uh, all building up to the the end of the month, and you also I'll also remind you that we're taking the first week in November off because we're working so damn hard in October <laughs> uh, for all these episodes. So thank you very much for watching and or listening once again. Keep watching scary movies. Happy October. We'll see you next time.